Hola, Madridistas. Welcome to another episode of Let's Be Real, a Real Madrid podcast. So today's episode is a very special episode because this is, some, this is something we're trying new for the first time. So today we are going to react to the new summer acquisition that Real Madrid has made just today in Aurelien Churameni. And, and we are also going to talk about uh, somebody who Real Madrid signed on a free before Churameni, that is Antonio Rudiger, all right? So these two are very special signings, especially, you know, coming on the back of the debacle that was the signing of Kylian Mbappe. So, or maybe you guys want me to refer to him as he who must not be named. Like, what's your, what's, what's your pick? I think I prefer the cactus uh, analogy, <laughs> but we can keep that. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, okay. Ritwin really we loves his cacti, yeah? We shouldn't we shouldn't burn all the bridges, so let's just keep Kay and Mbappe there. I, I guess, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I mean uh, today's a happy day for us, so probably we won't want to spoil it by talking about somebody who you know who doesn't actually value us and just use us for money. So but then I think this two or many transfer has potential to be one of the best transfers of of the summer because mm-hmm. uh, of the potential that this guy has, right? Uh, to, to just to give a, a background on the two many transfer, I think Rambert has been following him for a while. And uh, the, the actual transfer was supposed to go next summer because Real Madrid's primary target, as we all know, were Kylian Mbappe and Erling Haaland. But uh, if he had spent money on them, then probably Chouameni wouldn't have had money. And there was rumors that Chouameni was going to sign for Liverpool. But things turned out the way they turned out. And now Chouameni is coming to Real Madrid for, on, a, on a, I think it is 80 million euros plus 20 million euros in add-ons, although... Some rumors are saying it's going to be more than 100 million euros, but <clears throat> it is what it is. So I'll start with you, Sunet. Uh, what, what, what is your reaction to this transfer and what do you think about the transfer fee? Well, um, like it's, it's in theory, it, it should be one of the best signings that we have made uh, in recent, recent years, along with Kamavinga, who I was a huge fan of you know, uh, before he was joining. Uh, it's the same with Chouameni as well. But I was super critical, uh, especially in the group, if you guys remember, of uh, the transfer fees that was involved. And um, I, I thought that is uh, an astronomical fee for someone very young uh, and still still in his development. Um, yeah, people have paid like mad fees for Felix and the likes. But I understand uh, the market states the value and then we have to abide by it. Like it's, it's totally understandable. But from a footballing perspective, uh, he offers us a lot of avenues that I, I think were missing, especially his dynamism uh, in, in midfield, uh, his ball-carrying ability, his... Uh, anticipation of when and where to be um, uh, in the middle of the pitch is, is vital, especially for someone who is very young. And, uh, and you, you got to also put into perspective that uh, this guy uh, from a very young age has been under a very uh, uh, powerful microscope. Like he was always scrutinized. Uh, and labeled as the next big thing. So there's immense pressure, you know, like um, it's very hard to overcome it. And you, there's so many examples uh, in, in, in modern football of, of the players that, that couldn't rise above 
the the huge burden of expectations but this guy i think he has uh the the uh the minerals to actually turn out pretty pretty great so i'm i'm super excited bro to be honest yeah. Okay, uh, I, I'm just going to take us back to the last summer, right? Last mm-hmm. summer, Real Madrid missed out on Kylian Mbappe. That's a tale that everybody knows. And then we spent the money that we had on uh, Eduardo Camavinga. So when we signed Eduardo Camavinga, there was this theory among Barcelona fans. Uh, they said, oh, it's okay, Real Madrid signed Camavinga, but Chouamini is the better prospect. And now we have signed Chouamini as well. So I'm going to come to you, uh, uh, Farouk. I'm going to ask you, like, uh, having signed Camavinga and Chouamini both, what do you think is the prospect for Real Madrid in the future, especially in midfield? Uh, I think right now, like the midfield's uh, future looks quite bright, like much more brighter than it did at the, la- at the beginning of last summer. Because at the beginning of last summer, we you remember we we were still on the reeling on the back of the exit from Chelsea, and the biggest thing we could see in the game was that our midfield was literally needing an overhaul, uh, even maybe not an overhaul, but an injection, you know, of uh, dynamism to use tonight's uh, word. So I think you know with uh, Kamavinga and Fede Valverde and uh, Chouameni right now, it's uh, it's it looks really really bright. Like you know, the the potential there is just uh, that's just the thing. Like right now, the thing is that you're just buying the potential and hoping that it happens. You know, so it's just a high risk, high reward kind of thing. So that's just a, you go in big and or you go home. So it's either of those two things. However, one thing I actually do uh, did not know before was that this morning someone was telling me that actually Chouameni wasn't a defensive midfielder. He was a central midfielder. It was when he went to. Uh, Monaco that on the Nikovac that he turned him into a double pivot with Yusuf Fufana. That's something actually that I did not know. But I haven't seen a lot of Tramin actually to be able to make a comment because I only saw him last year in the Nations League. I haven't seen him actually at all this season. So uh, I just hope he is able to, you know, uh, do the thing that if he offers at least a bit of what Casemiro offered, I think we should be good. That's 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 just what I would say. Yeah, I think that is an interesting point because personally, having from what little I have watched already in Germany, I can tell you that he is not a like-for-like like replacement for uh, Casemiro. Uh, no, this is no. not a guy who is going to uh, sit deep and defend the half spaces. This is a guy who, who tries to defend on the front foot, so he's going to be very aggressive, uh, close down midfielders, you know. Uh, when you consider the fact that Liverpool were linked with him, you can, you can understand what sort of a midfielder he is because I think he's a very prototypical uh, Jurgen Klopp <clears throat> Jurgen Klopp midfielder because he likes to go ahead and press whoever is on the ball. And the fact is, like, this guy is a very good tackler. Uh, and but then he's not exactly what Casemiro is, you know. He doesn't but sit deep. I, I, he doesn't... I wanted to actually pose a question though, right? Like I, I've seen my fair share of Chouameni as well, especially in the Nations League. Like I mentioned to guys, uh, to you guys before. Uh, do Do you guys think like he is very similar uh, in 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 player terms to Kamavinga? Yeah, for me, I, I think that that's a very uh, very good question because you know. Uh, the thing is, like, uh, uh, when you look at the stats, I, I'm sure Ritwik is, Ritwik is going to entertain us with some really, you know, obscure stats that we might not know so far. But the thing is, like, when you look at those stats, I think uh, when it comes to carrying the ball, uh, mm-hmm. Chua has, sim- has a similar number of uh, progressive ball carries as uh, Kamavinga does. But the thing is, like, uh, I think Kamavinga has, it's more comfortable playing, you know, playing in the deep. He has the ability to bring out the ball from the back, which I don't think, Chuamani exactly has, although I would say that Chuamani is a brilliant passer. He can make great passes, uh, you know, from, from the back, great progressive passes. But I think, uh, when you, uh, do you remember when uh, Ancelotti plays Ceballos uh, uh, and Kamavinga together? They have this ability where they can interchange positions, you know? So that is what some, something what I expect when uh, we have Kamavinga and Chuamani playing together, because I think uh, Kamavinga has an ability to defend inside the box while 
uh, Chouameni has the ability to press opponents and rob them of the ball. So I think that is something that will help us going forward. You know, and I think uh, Valverde is somebody who who has the ability to carry the ball and run with the ball, you know, uh, move across the line. So I think this is something that can work out. But so I think... Uh, a guy who's sitting back with him. I, I, I envision it to be such because I think Kamavinga has the ability to, uh, you know, bring the ball out from the back, help defenders, you know. I, I, I haven't yet seen that from Chouameni. But uh, Chouameni is a good passer. That doesn't mean he's not a good like he's not a good passer. He's, a, he's definitely a good passer. So, uh, but I think we still we'll still need to add some more creativity from other positions. Maybe be it the fullbacks or you know the wingers, or maybe even a striker like Benzema. So, Ritwik, I'll come to you. Uh, what what sort of what do the what do the stats tell about Chouameni? Okay, so uh, obviously they're very interesting. Uh, the first one that just pops out. Uh, is the interception. He's in the 99th percentile for interception uh, in the top five leagues. So, I think that's pretty, pretty good. Like, I think he's probably one of the better players uh, in that position. Uh, and uh, even in the uh, percentage of aerial duels one, he's in the 98th percentile. That's insane. I mean, uh, so that shows that uh, I think we have always lagged with Alaba also. The yeah. Aerial duels was always a weak spot for Real Madrid for last two seasons, I believe. But uh, I think Chouameni's addition will really help us. And uh, I think Tokyo uh, was very right. His uh, you know progressive carries and all that passing abilities they're actually pretty decent. He's in the uh, the low nineties percentile of all those you know your basic stats like you know progressive passes or uh, passes in the final third or progressive you know distance carries in the final third. He's all, you know, uh, like 88 to 90 percentile is there on almost all of them. So, uh, and even his interception, again, 99 percentile, tackles, 98 percentile. It's insane how good his work rate is. You can see from here, uh, tackles and all, I mean, tackle one, 84 percentile. I think all in all, I think he's a pretty, pretty solid uh, buy. Uh, I do still think the price might be a little steep, but mm-hmm. only time will tell us, I guess. Uh I, I thought uh, Vinicius, the price for Vinicius and Rodrigo was too steep, but I think now it was a bargain. So I think it's all about perspective. We cannot connect the dots right now. We can only connect it after two or three years into his career, seeing back how good this decision was. But right Actually, now, I'm think, really excited. I think the thing now becomes this like for, for a midfielder, right? The point is that 100 million euros is always going to is always going to be steep. Okay, 80 plus 20 is always going to be steep. Mm-hmm. You know, I think earlier Sunil was been pointing to the fact about you know Jao Felix. You understand? So the point is that. Jao Felix was really expensive. And I told like Atletico got milked. And to be honest, so far, it seems like yeah, they got yeah. milked, right? But the point was that if Jao Felix actually started to deliver, you know, the 30 goals a season number, everyone would be mm. like, okay, it's okay. Yeah, it's, right. You know, exactly, right? But the point is that for uh, Chouamain right now, what we're going to just keep talking about is the interceptions, is the tackles and all that, you understand? And these are things that, you know, they are at the back pages of the newspaper, man. Like everyone wants just the Vinicius who just comes in and, you know, makes an R2 and it's a goal. So everyone, that's what everyone wants eventually you get. So I feel like for Tremanything, it's just always going to be an issue. And that's actually my biggest problem. The point is that this guy has been linked to a lot of uh, a lot of big teams, right? And as Sunid rightly pointed out, you know, he's always been hyped since he was very young. But the thing now becomes playing at Real Madrid, it's a different whole, it's a whole different ball game. And then when you come as a 100 million euros defensive midfielder, it's a whole even much more different ball game. So how does this guy cope with this? You know, he's just 22. He's still developing, you know. So how does he eventually cope with this? How does it, you know, how, how does he 
adapt to this process, you know, and what happens when he's when he's labeled the worst player of the week by Marca, you know, when he's labeled the worst transfer of the season by Marca, what does he do? How does he react to these things? So that's, you know, the key things there for me. I totally get you, but let me, let me, let me counter that with the fact that, you know, I, I could reason with that, maybe saying that, you know, like Kamavinga's 30 million price tag was was pretty low and uh, low profile so that, you know, like it must have been easier for him. But uh, to counter that, Chuameni uh, is a much more polished product uh, mm. than Kamavinga, right? So I think it should be enough, hopefully. And he's also a starter for France, right? It, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Chouameni is a starter for France. I think the point is that when they are injured, when the guys are injured, that's when Chouameni has played. In my, this is what I've seen. When Kanté and Pogba were in there, Chouameni has started for France. But when they were all feet, Chouameni hasn't started for France. I mean, I think that I mean that is a good point. But the thing is, like, uh, you know, uh, Didier Deschamps is very hesitant to bring in new players into his group. The fact that he made an exception and brought in uh, yeah. Chouameni, and that even he's giving him a chance when Kante or Pogba is out, speaks volumes. Because right now, I think Forlan Mendy is probably better than Luca Dean, but he still doesn't call uh, call Forlan Mendy to the to the you know French national team. Uh, so I think that is something that uh, works so in favor. The of. only guy to start, I think, uh, most of the games for France in the, uh, the Nations League. You know, he's the constant. Yeah. Which nation? Okay, yeah. So, so that's the thing. I'm talking about last season's Nations League. That's the one I watched. The one they won with Benzema okay, scoring the goals and all that. I haven't seen Chouamini at all this season. I don't even. But know. the year can change a lot, Farouk. You know that, right? I, so that's the thing. Like, don't misunderstand me, guys. I'm not saying like I'm not trying to bring down his accomplishments no. or what is or what is not. You understand? I'm just trying to pinpoint here. The point is that you know. It's not like Chouameni is a world beater. He's never played in Champions League, for example. You get the point. So that's yeah. one thing we should also, you know, put into consideration. I'm just talking about the fact that we've seen a lot of players get burned. Because the point mm-hmm. now becomes, it's like, when we talk about this kind of players, you know, like, it's okay. For example, for Edu Kamavinga, really, the reason why I feel like he, he had it so easy was because, like, he came on the last day of the season. And he came, you know, when uh, the he, he wasn't, like, under immense pressure because of the price tag as well, you know? So he was just like brought, okay, like this one is for the future and what is and what is not. But the point is, as you guys rightly pointed out, Chouameni has much more hype than Kamavinga had. Mm-hmm. If I'm right, isn't it so? And now he's coming for 100 million euros. So that's a whole different thing. Like literally everyone is just waiting to see, okay, what's up with this guy? I mean, I, I wouldn't say Chouameni uh, was hyped more than Kamavinga because Kamavinga was starting in league uh, at the age of 16. So yeah, I think yeah. that comes with its own pressure. But but you have, you make a fair point when you say that the price tag... And Chouameni was also starting at Bordeaux at 17 as well, though. So that's also something. So it's not like it's that much far away. Okay, fair point. But I, I think I still think that the fact is like uh, the fact that Chouameni is coming as a marquee signing, especially because we missed out on Mbappe, uh, it yes. does add pressure to him. And I, I think you're right on that. I would like to just end the discussion on Chouameni on a point that uh, Chouameni actually played like 10 uh, passes under pressure every every 90 minutes. And I think that is even more than what Cruz does in a normal game for us. So uh, I, I hope he, he delivers, you know, he does well for us. So moving on, I think another guy who we signed this season, uh, this uh, for next season, and especially experienced guy and somebody who made the team of the year for the Champions League uh, is Antonio Rudiger. So personally, I don't watch much of Premier League, and uh, Rudiger had a had a bad time under Frank Lampard at Chelsea. But then when Thomas Tuchel came along, he became one of the undisputed names in the Chelsea team. So I'll probably start with you, uh, Farouk, on this one. Uh, maybe you can tell us a bit about Rudiger and his play style. 
Rudiger is a monster, man. He's a poor man's version of Sergio Ramos. That's just it. I think that's the highest praise you can get. Like Rudiger is a monster, to be honest. And I really, really, you know, like uh, as actually as a uh, uh, Richard pointed out earlier about the aerial duel, like the the lack of aerial uh, threat, uh, not threat rather, but like defensive. Uh, uh, we we really weak defensively, right? Uh, Rudiger is like he's a monster in that. Like Rudiger, you know. But then it now becomes is like Rudiger has that error in him, you know. I would say. So that's the thing about uh, Antonio Rudiger, to be honest. Like he has that error in him from game to game. But I would say this really like, you know, he brings the leadership, you know, the the, the passion, the, you know, the warrior spirit. Like he's he's a fighter, you know, really. He's a fighter. He, you know, he grew up in the slums of uh, Germany. So like he he's, you know, he played on the streets and what is and what is not. He's really a really rugged fighter. And actually about the Lampard thing, like it was really, really curious, like why he wasn't getting time on the Lampard. Apparently, mm. I think it was just uh, a clash of... Uh, personalities with Frank Lampard actually but like Tony Rudiger is really good but then the question now becomes this to be honest can Tony Rudiger perform in a four-man backline this is a very huge question this really to be honest is a very huge yeah. question however mm-hmm. let me just complete my point he played in Rome and at Roma he was playing on the back four-man backline and really he was good yeah. at Roma as well to be honest yeah. but then the point is that what we've seen is that at Chelsea when they played the four-man backline to be honest Rudiger was exposed and I think the reason why he was, he was exposed is because I said it's it's because of his brashness. Like he's a really, he's just like, you know, a person who plays with the emotions and just goes and, you know, doesn't care what's left behind of him or what's ahead of him. So he's that kind of Even person. In Germany, so. I noticed they, they pay, play a back five or back, back three, right? Germany? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. They play now with wingbacks as well. So, Sunil, I was just going to come to you uh, probably. You know, what are your expectations for Anthony Rudiger and how do you expect him to perform at Real Madrid? Rudiger, bro, like he he is those dying breed of defenders um, in the essence of your your Ramos and, and Tete's man of years gone. Like he uh, instills that ag- aggressive uh, defending from the front foot thing that 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 is so underrated. You know, like uh, people nowadays, the modern game get too caught up in ball playing center back or elegant on the ball and like very good on both feet and whatnot. Those are all superlative if you can't do the basic stuff that's defending and this guy is pretty down uh, decent at it. So I have, uh, I, I wouldn't say very high hopes. I have very good hopes of Rodiga actually being a very valuable addition and um, like Chouameni, he again opens uh, a, a different avenues whereby, you know, Alamba can maybe play left back um, and and he can slot in beside Militao, etc. So, yeah, like he, he brings uh, immense experience. He, he brings a fighting spirit just like Alaba. And I was someone who severely doubted how, how much, uh, how motivated Alaba would be. So, uh, I'm I'm ready to be humbled again, bro. So, do do you think uh, Rudiger has has what it takes to you know organize a defense and be the leader that uh, Alaba has been for us this season? I think I think uh, like from my experience of watching him in in a Chelsea shot, especially like my my memories of him in, in a Roma shot are very vague because it's it's been quite a few years. But at Chelsea, he has been the guy who's instructing people where to be. Who is instructing people to be more aggressive, you know, to to be on your toes and whatnot. So he's very vocal, you know. He is your Alaba uh, extreme, I can say, Alaba pro. So um, I think I think he's gonna be pretty good. Farouk, what do you agree? Sorry, gone. Okay. 
Yeah, Far Farooq, uh, would you agree with that assessment about uh, Rodriguez's leadership? Uh, actually, I was gonna say no. I would, I wouldn't agree with that. To be honest, in my opinion, I think. Really? Uh, yeah, I think the point is like Rodriguez performs best when he plays with Thiago Silva, uh, Cesar Aspilicueta, and the only reason is because those guys are the leaders of the team. Those guys organize the defense. He's also very vocal. He's also so the thing now becomes it's like you know being vocal and being you know an organizer are two different things. You know, being I I think okay, in yeah. that's that's yeah. that that you know you get the point. So like you know about uh, so the thing now is that okay now Uriga might be a very vocal person in the sense that he's a very aggressive person and because like he's you know a very motivated fighter. But in my in my opinion, I think that you know uh, the leaders of his defense have always been. Uh, Either you go with uh, Germany in the past with the Matthew Melts and what is and what is not, and like you know, at Chelsea it's been Cesar Aspicueta or like uh, Thiago Silva, in my opinion. So I don't think he would necessarily bring the kind of leadership that David Alaba brings, in my opinion. But I think he's gonna add a lot more to the defense. Like he's gonna add, you know, a, a lot of aggressiveness, even much more than Militao gives currently. But actually, my big fear is when we have a partnership of Militao and Rudiger, what happens then? I actually feel it's gonna be, uh, you know, just a loose market, man. Like the delinquents are outside. I'm gonna outside tell you, bro. I'm gonna tell you, Rudiger will be the guy leading Militao. Trust me. Trust me. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I hope so. Let's see. You know, that's you know, sometimes you know, just that because uh, Aspirator and uh, both uh, Thiago Silva are more experienced and <clears throat> veterans mm -hmm. of the game. Maybe that's mm -hmm. why I I haven't seen the leadership in I talked about. But yeah, let's see how it works with. You uh, contrast. Two personalities, man. Just take, for example, Rafael Varan, right? Like, he was one of the best that we had uh, in the recent years. And you compare it with Antonio Rudiger. Yeah, I get your point that he, he might not be as technically gifted to uh, organize the backline, but I think he brings immense leadership qualities that might just help him out. So, I think uh, you guys have made very interesting points, although... The both of them are like contrasting points about Rudiger and his leadership. Uh, let me just go to Ritwik now. Ritwik, I'm sure uh, that you have had the opportunity to watch Antonio Rudiger play. So, what has be, what has your impression been of Rudiger? And when you take that uh, experience of watching Rudiger and you know uh, put them in context with stats, like what would you like to tell us about Rudiger and his play style? So about this guy, I think the compliment that I can give him is. Uh, whenever we played Chelsea, uh, at least last season in the semi-finals, I hated him because I did not like. He was a tough nut to crack for Madrid. You know, he played really well uh, in that semi-final, and I enjoyed watching him a lot. Even uh, he's right after Frank Lampard under Tuchel, I did watch some Chelsea games uh, then, and uh, I just hated Rudiger because I thought he was pretty good, and I never liked his attitude, his aggression. I always thought, okay, why? But then I get it, like that's Madrid's, like you would need that sort of man in your Madrid uh, team. And watching the stats, it's pretty obvious that the man enjoys to go forward a lot. Definitely. Like his touches, touches in the final third, he's in the 98th percentile. He has at least 11 touches every game in the final third. That's pretty insane for a centre-back, right? And uh, there's one more stat which I want to point out is that his dispossessed stat uh, is... He's in the three person, in the third person that That means he just doesn't get dispossessed that easily. That's pretty, pretty insane stats. And his uh, defensive stats are just, and even his uh, progressive carries and all, it's pretty insane for a for a center back. So I'm really excited about uh, Rudiger. I think he can take up that Sergio Ramos role. I mean, 
he's not a like for like replacement but i think he's the closest that we can get to sergio so ramos yeah i think and that's interesting that, okay, i actually okay, have a question go. for for all all of you uh what do you think the backline will be from next season like how would you adjust mendy alaba rudiger kavahal and uh yeah. in- that that was going to be my question as well Uh, but then i was just like uh, just before we go on to that topic i just like to point out that uh, signing rudier also gives us a threat in the box especially on corners yeah, 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 yeah we were pretty hard very good set pieces yeah yeah so yeah, I, yeah. i hope i hope that works out for us but then i think uh, going to rithvik's question which i think is a very good question uh, how do you guys expect the the backline especially to change because although uh, chuameni might be assigning who we give time to bed in but rudiger is somebody i think who who would want to start right away so what do you expect the backline to be and who misses out and then if somebody let's say uh, for lomendi somebody you think would miss out uh, what do you think happens in the future with them tango we are not coaches man tango we are not paid the big box so that's just the thing i i'd say this though like the thing is i feel like mendy isn't getting a lot of credits from myself as well because actually after we made the last uh, pod like someone actually told me like like are you guys watching the same person i'm watching you know like i think we were making him 7th or 8th in the rankings i can't remember the exact number and I'm then so i'm so glad i did not put him there <laughs> I, him i i i was watching i was uh, like listening to the last episode like today in the morning so i remember it like, i think he he distinctly said he wanted to put a fellow in the 5th and yeah, me and Farooq were questioning yeah exactly so actually i think like to be honest like i i'm just as i pointed out earlier my fear now becomes like how does like relationship between you know uh rudiger and militao works out for me like i would just be like let it be mendy and casemiro or oh, sorry mendy and carvajal and then it's alaba and somebody else that mm-hmm. would that's what i would say you know but i don't know who it will be between militao and uh and uh, and Rudiga but then also the point now becomes that I consider Militao to be the best defender we have this season so really it's just you know like it's 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 uh, whatever I say is just a losing game man so I don't know in in my opinion like it is like it it should be a case of how what game like what a game uh asks us to do basically like I, I get um a backline needs continuity and rhythm to be at full full throttle but um if if they can get up to speed and they work out very very well um i think they can be rotated out pretty much you know well and mendy and and rodica depending on where alaba plays so yeah my my thing was going to be the fact that uh you know this season we already saw that when Uh, Ancelotti gave continuity to Militao and Alaba that's when they played their best so yeah. I'm I would be a little bit hes- hesitant to you know chop and chop around especially with I'm the back line pre January you know pre winter transfer mm-hmm. then early early parts early part you want to chop around and see who performs the best yeah 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 okay. I I think that's a good uh, that's a good way to go about it but an interesting rumor came uh, came out today from Dairo Ast and they said that uh, real madrid might be open to listening to offers for lomendi what what are your reactions to that oh i didn't read that okay yeah, yeah so the thing is like real madrid aren't exactly pushing to sell monday the thing is like if if an offer comes for lomendi they they'll sell him they they would consider selling him not that they'll sell him. i think it's fake news <laughs> because so the point now becomes so, you know, so, you, so you, context now becomes this right 
if Orange Roman is moving for 80 plus 20 and Darwin Nunez is moving for 100, then what does Rolamendi cost on the market? And who is willing to pay that? No one. So I think no one is going to give an offer that really is going to listen to. So that's Do you I think, think it's just... 70, 60 million. Exactly. 60 that's million. just, that's the numbers. That's the numbers. You're living in cuckoo land, my friend, but... Man, if if Tuamani is moving for 100 and Darwin Nunez after one season is moving for 100, man, I guarantee you that nobody is going to pay 60 million. Well, so that's that's my point. Like, if we're going to, like, how much did Mendy come from? 30, 25? 50. 50. 50. So Mendy 50. came for 50. So you have to pay at least 70, man. That's what I'm saying. And no one is going to pay 70 in this market for this guy. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so, you know, sure that nobody, because I think Manchester City could use a proper left back. And I think uh, PSG. Under, Man, Manchester City can play with Ferdinand Mendy, 100%. Man City can play with Ferdinand Mendy. No. Okay. Why do you think Pep kept persisting with Benjamin Mendy? Benjamin Mendy is a shitty defender, but he was someone who could play football. So that was the only reason why. But Mendy is a good defender, but he can play football. So then what's happening there? I mean, Mendy has shown to himself to be a Zidane of the defensive box. So. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, guys, uh, moving on from this uh, rumor, which we all hope isn't true. Uh, what do you guys think Real Madrid should do next in the transfer window? So uh, just, just to put some context to it, I think uh, the current uh, uh, current reporting is that uh, Real Madrid are probably not going to sign anyone because uh, they don't like. Th- there's nobody who's an immediate priority to sign because like we had Chiramani, we had Rudiger. So right now we don't have anybody on that scale. But the thing is, like if some if some uh, if some departures happen, uh, Real Madrid could go into the transfer market looking for an attacker. But right now there is no priority, and probably Borja Mayoral is somebody who's going to come back to the preseason. Let's see how it goes, and maybe Juan Miratasa is going to be backing up Benzema next season. So, what do you guys think uh, Real Madrid should do in when whatever remains on the transfer window? Can I go first? Yeah, sure. Like, like I, I would honestly welcome uh, Gabriel Jesus, especially the versatility he brings. Uh, I think the, the issue with Gabriel Jesus is the fact that he's not EU, and we don't really have an EU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand that. Like. Uh, that that would completely rule him out. But I would love him, and especially that uh, since he can play right wing, and and that that is a position that we sometimes lack ideas in. So yeah, if if not for him, I think maybe another winger would would help us. Like I've, I've no names in mind at the moment. Like, I think if if you sign a winger, probably Serge Gnabry is the. Is the most likely version because but, you know he's I, the only I, I one who's out. I, I know the thing about the, the thing about Serge Gnabry is the fact that uh, Ram, I think he wants to run down his contract with Bayern and, and come sign on a free with whoever he wants to sign. But I think if Ramadan do go for him, I think uh, there's a possibility that we could sign him because Bayern wouldn't want him to go on a free. But let's see what happens. So uh, Ritwik, uh, probably I'll come to you next. What do you think Ramadan should do in the transfer window? I think a uh, uh, backup striker is a must. Um, I, bo- mo- mo- I think from signing him back would be nice. I also think we can go for Raul RDT. I mean, he's a good yeah. option. He has shown that he's capable of scoring. Uh, his stats are also pretty decent this uh, this season. I think he mm-hmm. had what, 17, 18 goals. I, I'm not sure. I don't remember. That's pretty good and... Uh, I believe he's a Real Madrid youth academy product only, if yeah. I'm not wrong. Yeah. So I think we can we can go for RDT, and uh, he'll be a much better option coming off the bench than you know Jovic or your Mariano. No, he'll definitely be more productive. 
and i think given that benzema i'm not saying benzema is but he's 33 uh, 34 I, i'm not sure but i mean he's not going to perform at this level every single season so yeah. i think the transition should start this season at least a little bit where maybe benzema can play 75% of the games and a uh, different uh, backup striker can play 20 to 25 to 30% of the games and uh, i think that'll be really good i think rdt can fit that profile really Well, yeah, I, I think RDT is an interesting suggestion because the fact that RDT is homegrown, so he fit that slot as well. Uh, for me yeah. personally, I think another interesting name for a striker position would be uh, Amin Kouiri, who, who has done well for Nice. And mm. I think he has a very similar style to uh, Benzema. But then moving on, I, I think I'll give the last word to Farouk and then we can end this uh, episode. Today. We wanted to keep it short, but yeah, it's probably gone longer than we would have hoped. Yeah, for me, it's a bit biased. I just want Sadio Mane. Like, that's the only player. And I just close. <laughs> After Sadio Mane, just close. Yeah, Sadio Mane is somebody I would love as well. But then I think it's the same issue. Not, he's non-EU. No, actually, even apart from the non-EU shit, like, Sadio Mane doesn't make sense. The man is 30 years old and, like, he relies on physicality and athleticism to play. And the point is, after 30, you start to decline. So that's... Even before 30, you start to decline more. So that's just it, actually. I think it's... it's but I think one curious thing about this is that I feel personally, like, RDT wouldn't come back to Real Madrid, I think. I'm not very sure, but I think... I think RDT wants to come back to Ramadan from what I've read. But the thing he is... Like, he was open to coming back, right? Yeah, but the point now becomes this. RDT is going to come back and he's not going to do shit. Because when you start playing RDT for 25% of the games, as as uh, as Roy Rupert rightly pointed out, literally playing up, playing the same position as the best player in the world, you're going to play 20% of the game, which becomes the Copa del Rey or the 15 minutes in the uh, in the La Liga games or like the Dead Robbers Champions League games. But and you, then, you are going to actually... You could actually go back and and look at the 16-17 season. I totally understand Benzema wasn't firing on all cylinders, but those Morata goals came in clutch, bro. So you never know. You never know. Yeah, that's that's a very valid point. But I don't think you know uh, Benzema will be rotated that much because that season mm. we literally had like two teams uh, playing the competition. I think Benzema will have to be rotated next season, given the fact that there's a World Cup as well. Yeah. Also, keeping aside the World Cup, it's more of like you're uh, keeping your team's uh, like balance in in luck. Like if he's injured, what are you gonna play every day, every week? Like imagine, like we were lucky he was not injured this season. But you have to keep these things in mind. You need someone, someone reliable, more reliable than Mariano or Jovic. So you have to keep this, and especially the World Cup. I mean, he has to be rotated at some point. So, so I think RDT would make a lot of sense. So Farouk, any last words before we end this? Uh, let's just get Asensio out of the team first and first. <laughs> so that's just it. Plus, plus, and that. Plus, plus, and that. Yeah. All right, guys. I, I think uh, that's it for today's episode. Uh, we wanted to keep it short, but maybe we couldn't hit the target time we wanted. Next time, we'll probably keep it short. And <laughs> thank you for supporting us. Hala Madrid. Hala Madrid. Hala Madrid.